can I push myself? Can I do the same? Or are they special people and I'm just regular? I realize that everyone can do it. No human is limited. As long as you believe in yourself, as long as you put in some work, you can do amazing things. That was Ihor Veris. And this is episode 47 of the Inspired Souls podcast. Hi, I'm Carolyn, and I'm a roadrunner. And I'm Kim, and I'm a trail runner. Welcome to our podcast, where we bring the communities of trail and road running together and explore the parallels between running and life. Today, we invited Eeyore Varys on the podcast. Eeyore is an energetic 26-year-old up-and-coming trail runner whom we met in Manitoba, although he recently moved to Chilliwack, BC to be closer to the mountain trails. Although he has been running for the last five years, Ihor discovered his love of trail running more recently during the pandemic and has found himself excelling at longer and longer distances, where he thrives on exploring both the boundaries of his potential and the places the trails take him. I met Ihor the day before I supported him as he ran the first known out and back of the 63-kilometer Manterio Trail, and I can tell you he made quite the impression on me. He currently holds the one-way, unsupported, fastest known time of 7 hours, 13 minutes, and 0 seconds in 2020. And he totally blew the running community away when he ran it twice in June, a total of 125 kilometers in an astounding 18 hours, 13 minutes, and 43 seconds. Those that have done the rugged and remote trail in any length of time know how significant that is and how hard that FKT will be to beat. Ihor is a breath of fresh air. He is full of energy, enthusiasm, and passion for the trails and a sport that has him hooked. We talk about why he runs and what he loves about running, how his experience at mile eight in his first half marathon changed him forever, and we try to tease out his secrets for nutrition and fueling for success. Ihor has some big dreams, and we think you will be hearing a lot more about this young man as he makes a name for himself in the world of trail and ultra running. But remember, you heard it here first. Okay, let's talk to Ihor. So I am so honored to have Ihor on the podcast with us tonight. I am just going to share a little bit of background into how Ihor and I met, uh, oh, just over a month ago, actually, before I give him a chance to introduce himself. So sometimes we have people on this podcast because of what they do. Sometimes it's they've got great stories. Well, I met Ihor as we were planning is he was planning to do a double um, Ontario Trail FKT attempt. So basically the Ontario Trail, you've heard us talk about it on the podcast before. It's a 40 mile trail, roughly 39 to 40 miles, point to point along the border of Manitoba and Ontario running north-south. And he currently holds the fastest known time for one one way. And him and a few buddies, friends of mine, had this brilliant idea uh, in June on summer solstice weekend that they were going to do it in both directions. And to my knowledge, they were going to be the first people to ever attempt this. So I got recruited to pace this motley crew of runners uh, on the way back. So Eeyore shows up at my door the day before to drop off his stuff. Never met him before except on a Zoom call. And I was pleasantly surprised how 
nice he was. He dropped off his stuff. He was very considerate. He even left me a bar of Ukrainian chocolate as a thank you for coming out to meet him at the north end of the trail and provide an impromptu aid station. And he very respectfully said, you know, you're planning on showing up at 11 o'clock, but could you be there at 10.30 just in case I'm a little faster than than planned? And I'm thinking, oh, my God, like, what kind of cowboy am I dealing with here? Like, he's going to go out way too fast, and I'm going to be mopping up a mess at the north end of this trail. So fast forward to the next morning, Chris and I show up at the north end of the trail at just after 10.30, like 10.35, 10.40. We barely parked the car. They had started this run at 2 a.m. from the south end, 40 miles away from where we were. And at 10.45, Eeyore comes bounding up the trail like he hadn't even been running 10 minutes. And uh, sure enough, there he was after it was what, like, yeah, just over, maybe even, correct me if I'm wrong, eight and a half hours to 8.45 from the time they started. Looked totally fresh, spent roughly 10 minutes there getting his his gear you know his food restocked dumped a little bit of water over his head shoved down a few calories and off he went again like mind-blowingly fresh and happy and (laughs) ready to go another 40 miles but he was only halfway Kim (laughs) only halfway yeah no problem so uh, off he goes again and the next time I saw him was that in the middle of the night, I think around 2.30 to 3 a.m., uh, just after the 24-hour mark when, we, when the rest of our crew uh, made it to the end of the trail, uh, which everybody was successful in their boomerang attempt of the Manterio Trail. Um, I can proudly say I left no man behind, but... There he still was. He was showered. He was refreshed, waiting for all of his buddies to get off the trail and make sure they got home safely to bed. And so I'm telling this story because, you know, people can say certain things and then you observe what people do. And Ehor just did. Like, he's a doer. He, he He's courteous. He shows up. He runs like it's a breeze. And then he's still there for his people at the end. So... Although he's a doer, I don't want to talk today so much about what Ehor has done with his runs, although I'm sure we'll get into that. I want to know more about who he is, because this guy's going places. To toot his own horn, he completed that fastest known time, uh, first attempt ever of the double Mantero FKT in 18 hours, 11 11 minutes, 13 minutes? 13 and 13 minutes, which... For anybody in the know, anybody who's ever done that trail, you rocked the running community. Like we were in awe. Like that, um, that time was just amazing. You now live in Chilliwack. I'm going to stop talking in a minute and let you introduce yourself. But I, I really wanted to have you on this podcast because I think people are going to start Googling your name very, very soon. And I selfishly want to be the first thing that pops up when, when Ehor Varies is Googled. It's going to be this inspired souls podcast and we're going to have the beginning of the story and then there will be the paul harvey version in like two or three years the rest of the story so anyways ehor um welcome to the podcast it's an honor tell us about yourself hi kim hi carolyn thank you so much for having me here i gotta say that the honor is all mine and uh, i'm gonna keep repeating it but i 
don't feel like I fully deserve even being on this channel. That's a big credit going my way. But anyways, since I'm here, uh, thank you so much. Thanks so much to everyone listening to us. And uh, well, as Kim said, I'm Eeyore Varys, got the guy with the weird name, uh, but it's not my fault. It's my mom's fault. She picked me, so. but <laughs> it's quite common in Ukraine. But yeah, I came from Ukraine almost six years ago. Uh, moved to Manitoba Street to Brandon. And um, yeah, the, there I studied at uh, college and stayed in Brandon for six years. And last three weeks, I've been living in Chilliwack, BC. Yeah, I, I don't know what else you want me to tell you. <laughs> you kind of did something similar to me. You ran the Ontario and moved three days later. That's right. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> Out to, to the mountains. So I met you when you just kind of threw down this amazing feat of endurance and, and sport, but tell us a little bit about your entry into running and to trail running in particular. How, how did your interest in this sport develop? Uh, you know, there's not much to tell you here just because I'm so fresh and overall this sport before Canada, I was not so interested in running overall. So I started running five years ago. I just signed up for the local YMCA spring run, 15 kilometers, and I won it. So that kind of ignited and sparkled the interest to the sport. I was always interested. Okay, well, I did 15K. Can I do more? Can I go uh, further? And then I signed up for half marathons. And I did, I think, five or so marathons back to back, pretty much. And I suffered them very badly because I wasn't ready for them. And that was you actually suffered. I don't I know. Did. I yeah, you know what? Our first half marathon uh, that was the Manitoba half marathon, and I was like, after that 15k, I thought I'm gonna crush it, I'm gonna win it, or something like that. But mile eight, I am just suffering, dying there, thinking, why did I sign up for this? Oh man, <laughs> who <laughs> like who came up with this sport? Whose idea was it? Just running that far, and then. After finishing it, I'm like, okay, when is the next one? Next one. And I just took it as a challenge because, okay, it's so hard. I'm going to make it easy. Like, I'm going to fight it. I'm going to keep pushing and pushing. And then the year after, I was interested in full marathons and I signed up for a few marathons. Also, was suffering, but then looked into some nutrition, some other interesting moments, how to improve myself. And then I finished, completed a few marathons. Like, okay, well, marathons interesting but do people go further and then i uh, i i came across a book born to run christopher mcdougall and that's the part where i learned about ultra running i didn't realize people go that far people go hundreds and thousands of miles pretty much well and and that was so impressive and then and i was i thought about it okay well can I push myself can i do the same if or are they special people and i'm just regular but then I realized that everyone can do it. No human is limited, right? And uh, as long as you believe in yourself, as long as you put in some work, do some research, and when all those things come into place, you can do amazing things. That's so impressive. But as far as trail running, it's I probably started a year ago when um, all the races, uh, all the road races were canceled because of COVID. It was one race... Uh, that was in Brandon, the race, the North face that the Christian mm -hmm. Andrews put on. Mm -hmm. And yeah. that's what got me into 
trail running and I met Christian and other uh, trail runners in Manitoba and they told me about the trails and Christian himself introduced me to Ontario. I never, I've lived in Canada, never heard about Ontario, you know, for five years. But Yeah, it's a well-kept secret. Exactly. At least it yeah. was until now. <laughs> That's true. And I, I hope that more and more people will uh, come and check it out. I, I was telling Christian that he has to put on a race there. Maybe it's going to be the first mm. ultra race there. I know it's hard. It's going to be a logistics nightmare, but he's a whiz. He can come up with something. <laughs> yeah, there's not a single road. Well, there is one at the very beginning, but really the majority of the course has no access. Mm. Yeah, the poor volunteers would have to work harder. Than yeah, I know. It's, it's a big probably <laughs> dream, but he can do that. I believe in him. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So I'm really so new to this. So I've done 60Ks. I did the Central Trail. I did Ontario one way. But after that, I've never done any 50 miler or even 100K. So it was quite a jump for me to run 125K. But then I was like, why not? Let's try. Let's see what's going to happen. And I, I feel like I put in some work. And this is something that was very interesting. Like I'm just by nature a very curious person. I just want to know, okay, what's going to happen when I'm pushing myself to that limit? And it's actually a very interesting world. That's an interesting territory that you were stepping into. You're answering my next question already. So I was going to highlight the fact that, you know, you're, you're, relatively young to get into these kind of distances. Most trail runners and, and ultra runners, you know, are a little bit older. So why are you going long and why do you run? And so you're telling me part of it is just a curiosity, right? Like to explore different things. So talk to us a bit more, like why, why do you run and why do you get intrigued by these long epic feats? There's so many answers to that question, Kim. Uh, and I, every time I'm asked that, I, I'm asked it very often. And sometimes people are just being serious and sometimes they're just being amazed and thinking that I'm stupid or why are you doing that? Like, what's your problem? Just go sit on the beach, enjoy it. Like, <laughs> why? And I sometimes I ask myself that question and there's so many answers. Like one of them for sure that it's just that being curious, knowing uh, what's happening out there. It's not something you can, uh, that those feelings is not something you can get by doing anything else. You got to push yourself to that limit. And another answer I always thought about it, that I'm sort of an addict, you know, that's, that's the addiction and running is your drug. And it's biologically proven that if you are pushing yourself to those limits, your body keeps uh, producing endorphins and other hormones of happiness. Right. And I like to be in that stage, like runner's high is not a myth. It, it's, it's real a real thing. thing. It's a real thing. And I've realized that, that the further I push myself, the longer I go, the better the feeling, you know, like, don't get me wrong. There's always those down moments. Like when you're thinking like, Oh my goodness, what am I doing? <laughs> but you know that after that, there is always going to be a high. There's going to be high. And speaking of Ontario, after that halfway point, when I got refueled, got your smiles, all your wishes, all those yells and helps, because like for the first few hours, I, I ran by myself pretty much, right? Well, first hour was with boys, but that on my own, I ran into one bear and that's it. There was no people. So when you're on your own, it's kind of hard mentally. Yeah. 
but then I run into you and I turn around and I get that watermelon. And, <laughs> and don't forget the tunes, man. We have the, the Bose tunes. speaker going. Oh, right. <laughs> and those tunes were killing. And like next probably five, six miles, I was just running on that. And I was just so happy. I didn't feel any pain. I was just rocking it and I was enjoying it. I was just living the best life. I thought that that's probably one of the happiest times in my life pretty much you know and mm-hmm. i love that feeling i love the feeling i want more of that feeling and i feel like this yeah. is the only way to to get those emotions right and another reason why i got into running it's i when i came here i wanted to get into some sports and just you came by yourself and sometimes it's it's a different language different culture it's hard to get used to that and sometimes you just want to you know forget about all the burdens and kind of run away from things and running was one of those it is one of the cheapest sports to get into if you think about it you don't need much you just need a pair of runners and me being a cheap ukrainian i run in in the same pair of shoes a thousand plus miles until they literally fall apart pretty much you know so i know that running can be expensive but i'm trying to keep it cheap as cheap as possible and that's that's another reason why i got into it you run and I literally forget about everything. I forget about my problems. I, I, I'm just feeling free. I'm, I forget about myself. I'm just a, a part of nature, you know, especially when you're in the trails. You feel the freedom. And the person that doesn't run will have a hard time understanding that, right? Mm-hmm. You, you know what I'm talking about, right? Absolutely. And, yeah. and that feeling, it's just priceless. And I just, I want that feeling every day and every almost every day I just go on the run just to get that feeling. You know, it's, it's addiction. We're addicts. <laughs> <laughs> well, the person who doesn't run, you're right. They're probably listening to this and thinking, why? Like, why when you're struggling and suffering at mile eight of the half marathon and you're questioning why you're doing this and then you want to sign up for another one? I don't get you. Like, I don't understand this line of thinking. And then the runners will listen and go, no, I understand that. I understand that curiosity of wanting to explore this edge of of the unknown, I suppose. And so there's this kind of um, crossroads of, of the suffering, the inevitable suffering, but the curiosity and the exploring your limits. I, I kind of picked up on the fact that you said um, no human is limited. And did that come from Elliot Kipchoge's uh, two-hour <laughs> marathon attempt? I agree with him, you know. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So maybe talk to us about that sort of discrepancy between those two things, curiosity, which I guess we might deem as like a positive, quote, positive thing. And then the suffering, which is, oh, yes, definitely a negative thing. But are they really like talk to us about sort of how you think about that and maybe a race or a particular run that stands out that's taught you something unexpected about yourself? Uh, Yeah, no, for sure. I guess they are intertwined to an extent. It's just probably two sides of the medal. The way you're going to look at it from one side, I think it seems like it's a suffering, it's a burden. And why would you, why would you do it to yourself? Don't you love yourself? I heard people are saying, oh, you have this many beats per life. So why would you waste those beats on running? Oh, yeah. <laughs> We've heard it all, haven't we? <laughs> and you're going to ruin your knees and you're going to yeah. wear all your lungs right. and blah, blah, yes. blah. Yeah. You're going to die young. Yeah. No, but uh, yeah, it's it's hard. It's like that's the thing. 
Like you don't have to necessarily be a runner, but you gotta be active. You gotta do something. You know, go walk, go swim, go bike. Just do go do something. I don't know. Work out in the gym. You know, I have huge respect for people that after heavy work day go somewhere and do something with their life, trying to perfect them, trying to get better. I honestly, I'm inspired by. By my neighbor who gets up every morning six o'clock and goes and run, and that's that's you know that's amazing. But going back to the races that changed me, like for that first half marathon, where I pretty much bonked on mile eight, and it I just took it so personal. I'm like seriously, like I can't even handle 13 miles or something. And then I just realized that you gotta respect the distance. That's mm-hmm. one of the big lessons, no matter what distance it is. Yeah. If, if you're going for one mile or if you're going for 13 mile, you got to respect it. You got to know what you're going for. And sometimes I would go for, say, long run. And first five miles, I would be dying. Like even now, sometimes I'm mm-hmm. not sometimes suffering until you kind of get into the groove, until you get the heart pumping and you're in that zone where you are just cruising. You know, sometimes it takes some time to, to get to that. Even... You can ask Dave, uh, when we just started running the Monterio together, I wasn't uh, looking good. I was barely talking or so, because it's hard for me sometimes. It was 2 a.m. <laughs> you were supposed to be in bed. That's true. But, yeah. but you know, Dave is chatty. I'm like, oh, why are you so quiet? I'm like, hold on, let me just get into my groove. And, <laughs> you know, and once after mile 10, I kind of warmed up and yeah, then it went... But um, yeah, and another race that I really, that changed me or kind of pointed me in the right way, I did the Treehorn Marathon, and I know Kim probably knows about that marathon. It's a hilly one. You're running on the uh, gravel on country roads, and it's not a fast race, and I actually happened to win that race, and there were so many good runners there that were way faster than me. Uh, way fitter than me but uh, the 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 thing about that marathon is that it's so hilly and you run in the field it's always windy there and that's where I kind of started loving hills and it started raining and then it started hailing so like everything (laughs) it's the worst case scenario there like I know if if maybe the lighting started striking that would be probably the worst but anyways that's where I realized that I'm more not a fast runner, but I'm kind of into that suffering runner, you know? You know what I mean? Like where you can kind of go through obstacles and keep pushing yourself, you know? Yeah. Like if you look at Mandera time, it's not that fast. It's just that the train is, is rough, right? And Yeah, and I would argue that you're not a fast runner. I think you're a blazingly fast yeah. runner, given exactly what you just said. Like, if you look at the, the distance, 40 miles, seven and a half hours, okay, maybe on a road that wouldn't be that fast. But we're talking a trail where you can't see your feet in the bushes half the time. Like, it's mud, and it's up and down, and there's, you know... It's not even like a normal mountain run where you, you, you know, climb for half an hour and then you can bomb a nice five to 10 K downhill section. It's not like that. It's constant switching gears. So Mentario, it needs to be respected and it's a wild trail and you rocked it anyways. (laughs) I think you see that a lot in other pockets of running as well. Like if I'm thinking back to the 2018 Boston marathon where it was like that rain and it was freezing and, Mm -hmm. and the people that were the fittest or 
expected to win were not yeah. the people that won, right? It's the durable people that had trained in the cold and could take anything and the wind and the rain and the sleet and all of that, that really fared well on that day. So maybe what you're saying is like, I like these tough courses because I'm suited to them somehow, whether it's the mental or the physical, you, you sort of have found a knack for that. So I'm always curious, like it seems so far in your running journey that it's been like, you know, oh, a half marathon and okay, how about a marathon? And is, can I go longer? And, and it's always longer. Do you ever have a curiosity to explore a different kind of hurt, which is to go faster and shorter? <laughs> faster. I honestly, I, I was telling it to my friends that I hate those runs where my lungs are burning. <laughs> like I hate that feeling. I love the feeling when my muscles are burning, when my legs are about to give up when I can barely step or like that feeling, I love it. I, I just dwell on it. But the feeling when my lungs are burning, I, I just cannot stand it. I'm not built for that. And I feel like I, I, I lost my time when if maybe if I started younger, if I got into that sport in high school, for instance, uh, did some track maybe. Yeah. But I feel like I missed that opportunity, but for ultra running, I feel like, you're never old. I mean, the older you get, the, the more endure you become, right? Yeah. So, and in ultra running, you don't have to be fast. So that's that's the thing. Allowed you, you got to be tough mentally and physically. But that that part where the speed training, I, I do include speed training here in Chilliwack. I don't remember last time I did speed work. I, I'm doing some tempo uphill, but speed work, I just hate it. That's the worst <laughs> workout. That's that's the worst day on my training schedule. I know that I gotta do it, but I don't enjoy it. Yeah. Because yeah. You, you gotta do it to improve your VO2 max. And that if we start talking technical terms there, but I don't like it. I like, again, when my muscles are burning, when my legs are on fire, but lungs, nah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, you just mentioned moving to Chilliwack. We've talked about that a little bit. I, I want to ask you not so much about going long and ultra distance, but more just trails. So I know you moved to Chilliwack for a reason. Why did you move there? And what is it about that area and the trails that really draws you? Ever since I moved to Canada, I, I was always, ever since I actually visited BC, I always wanted to move there and explore uh, that part of the country. And Ever since I then got into the trail running, I realized that uh, this is the the paradise. This is the mecca of trail running. And I, I wanted to come here and I've been here three weeks and I feel like I made the right choice. I, I'm still feeling, I, it still feels surreal for me that I can just have a trail from my backyard going all the way to the mountains. I don't have to drive anywhere. I don't have to own road running shoes, which is a dream. I just dump them, you know, I don't need road running shoes. I just put my trail runners and off I go. And I don't know, it's just such a bliss and feeling of happiness and just appreciation of life and every single moment living here. And you, you run into people that were born and raised here and they, they take it for granted. And me, uh, I'm still you know just I, I bike every day to work so i just every day i'm like a child i'm just looking around on those mountains and i'm like oh my goodness i'm in paradise i can't believe i'm here you know it's 
I, I'm still not used to that. And I, yeah, that's, that's another feeling that I really love. And I feel like this is a, this is a great opportunity for me to develop in that direction and mm-hmm. trail running direction and ultra trail running. I know that this is a perfect playground for people who probably want to, uh, again, keep being curious and exploring their limits. Well, there's unlimited options. There. I know, so right? So... I, I know you, you, you know, Gary Robbins is practically your neighbor. You've told me, have you <laughs> ran into him on the trails yet? No, I haven't. He actually, yesterday, he, he, he ran the same course I did a weekend ago. I, he literally, I know where he lives. I see his uh, vehicle like 10, block, uh, 10 <laughs> houses away, but I just feel so awkward. I just really want to just come in and knock on his door and say, hey, Gary, let's run together. I feel it's a bit <laughs> awkward, you know, but I'm pretty sure eventually we will run into You'll run into him. You'll run into him. Yeah. You're going to have to do a few of his races. Well, yeah, that's what well, he's doing. He, he doesn't have any races in Chilliwack yet, but he's planning it. So eventually I will run into you because in all honesty, there's not too many, as it turns out, there's not too many trail runners in Chilliwack. There's a lot of hikers, but I went to the local sports store uh, just to get some connections, get some trail runners kind of contacts and uh, that store. So I'm like, well, is are there any? Do you know any ultra runners here? And the guy, the owner of the store, goes, "Do you know Gary Robbins?" I'm like, "Yeah, I do." Well, then you know every single ultra runner in Chilliwack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it's like a hidden gem, and they they told me, "Don't tell anyone about Chilliwack. You are lucky that you are Uh-oh. here." <laughs> so keep quiet. <laughs> we want to keep it to ourselves. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I'm in trouble, I guess. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely way more uh, trail runners uh, up north, I say in Vancouver area and on the island. Yeah. yeah, but here, yeah. and I'm, I'm actually surprised because I'm pretty sure there's way more trails here and the you don't have to even drive anywhere, literally. Yeah, that's, that's the holy grail for yeah. sure. That's what I miss about living in Comox too, is the accessibility. So... You know, we've already asked you about maybe some of the things that a race or a run has taught you, but I want to kind of go back to that more on a higher level um, about lessons you learn when you run. So there's so many parallels between life and the lessons you learn in running. But is there anything that running has taught you that stands out that you've actually brought into other parts of your life? Uh, yeah, absolutely, Kim. And um this many lessons probably the biggest one is that persistence and that desire to excel at something and never give up because as i said very often you run like the running long say it's a it's like a roller coaster you go up and down and sometimes you want to give up you just want to stop turn around and okay, catch a cab or something and go back uh but you keep pushing it you keep telling yourself or you tell you keep lying yourself that hey it's gonna get better and eventually it does get better so same applies in life either it's personal life or say it's some career goals you just don't take no as the answer i failed at that first half marathon and i signed up for four more just because like hey that can that's not right yeah, that's yeah. that's not the end of my story. That's Let's right. Rewrite this. Yeah, I don't like this. I want a new page, right? I want a new chapter here. So, and yeah, and and that's what 
you know, I actually, when I was interviewed for the job here in Chilliwack and they were asking me about cold calling people, I work in insurance. So I'll say cold calling people and how, do, how don't you ever kind of give up? How do you keep like that motivation up? And I told them that, Hey, I'm an ultra runner. I feel mm-hmm. like that's, that's the reason why I never gave up because I take, don't take no for the answer. I don't give up. You know, I, mm-hmm. if it hurts, it's painful. You keep pushing, you keep pushing until you actually have that feeling of bliss. So definitely there's a lot of parallels between running and life and you can use that experience in running in uh, your daily life totally i think that's so such an i can't believe you're only 26 like this is like (laughs) life lessons that people take decades and decades to learn Hey, they say running an ultra is a life in a day. We age a whole like lifetime in one day. So he's gained the wisdom. Right on. You're an old soul. Love it. Um, but yeah, like I think it's so um, it, it deserves like a pause and a reflection to to think about like, hey, I don't want my story to end like this. Like I want to rewrite the next page, the next chapter, whatever it is. Um, So, so important. And you're right. So applicable to everyday life. And also that lesson, which I do think probably comes a lot more honestly in trail running and ultra running than it does in, in road running or the shorter races for sure is that nothing lasts forever, right? This day's not so great. This patch of the race is not so great, but I know that nothing lasts forever. So there's brighter miles ahead. And that's a, like to learn that lesson at such a young age is really, really powerful. So kind of moving on to, we've talked a lot about the lessons that you've learned from running, but has there been any person that's been particularly inspirational to you so far on your running journey? I drive my inspiration from many celebrities and famous ultra runners that you all know of, but once I read in, I don't remember which book, but I, in one book I read that you you shouldn't drive your inspiration from people that are far away because it's so mm-hmm. far-fetched and sometimes it's hard to find that touch with them. You always have to find some local person, not necessarily celebrity or famous person. Like obviously now my local uh, <laughs> inspiration is Gary Robbins here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but to be honest, I'm inspired by all my friends on Strava they keep posting their runs every day. I am inspired by, uh, you know, my coworkers who that are going on runs every morning or going doing something with their life. One of the biggest inspirations is my mother who mm. walks to work 5K each way. And we were walking with her when I was a child to school that she, where she works at. And every day she walks 5K out and 5K back and she can afford having... 10 cars if she wants she is a well-off woman but she keeps doing it because she likes it and Mm -hmm. she is one of my greatest inspirations for sure and definitely everyone who i ran into in manitoba in particular christian david and all those people that are developing the trail running sports and that are pushing themselves for instance david i can't wait to see him uh, crush UTMB course. Let's not talk about that. I'm going to be so sad. No, happy for him, but (laughs) yeah, yeah, he's going to, he's going to rock it. Okay. So you have no choice, Dave. You're going to listen to this podcast. I know you're going to crush that thing. Who, who are we talking about? Dave, who? Dave Tabiner. So he is the uh, friend 
that invited me to come pace at Mantario and it's through him I met Ihor. Got it, yeah. Got it. Yeah, he is uh yeah, he's such an inspiration. He went to so many countries all over the world and ran in many of them. So yeah, all of these local people are inspiring me. And, mm -hmm. You know, just little things are I don't need much. I don't need a particular big celebrity to kind of push me forward. Sometimes I go on Strava and I see my friend my friends did some hill repeats in the morning, five o'clock. I'm like, oh my goodness, you are such a badass. I want to be like you. So in the evening I go run and that those little things are inspiring me. Mm -hmm. Those little things yeah. are driving me forward. And uh, yeah, those people, regular people, you know, not the professionals are the ones that are true inspiration to me. Okay, so... I want to ask you, Ihor, you, yeah. like we have highlighted, you're fairly early in your trail and ultra career, you know, runner for five years, but only in the last year did you really get into these distances. You've proven that you have potential to really, really excel in this sport if you want. And I've seen a lot of young runners and, and middle-aged runners, just people who excel in the sport, come in, burn brightly for a very short time and disappear. And I really hope that doesn't happen with you. I want to ask you, like, you're in a place now where you could just launch. So what are your dreams? What are we going to see from you in the next, say, five years when it comes to running? Oh, Kim, now you said that uh, you've seen people that burned out and, <laughs> and now, now, now I'm on this show and you are oh, <laughs> so much pressure on me now, you know. No, no pressure. Let's dream. Like, let's just throw stuff out there. What would you love to do? You know, I, I would love to keep exploring my limits. I've already signed up for the local 100K here on the island. Yeah, it's just I want to test myself in the mountain race because it's it's a different story here completely, yeah. right? There's one one uh, one thing when you go up for like 100, 105, 150 feet and then go right away down and another story when you go up for like three hours <laughs> nonstop. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Those are two different things. And well, my dreams, I honestly, I just uh, don't want to don't want to lose interest in running. I just want to keep having the same feelings in say five years what i have now like those kids thoughts and i want to still feel like a child when i'm on the trail in five years i as I, as you said i don't want to just burn out and obviously i want to keep participating and hopefully actually i want to participate in one official race i've never even run an official race well i was just gonna say like are you actually um drawn to racing or are you more drawn to just long adventures and exploration in the mountains more adventure style running well i i have tried uh, to race well i've signed up for many races but they all got canceled right because with COVID, COVID. yeah again just yeah. because i don't have that much uh, experience and haven't had that much time but uh, yeah i want to try myself into and put myself into the racing environment and see if i like that or maybe as you say maybe i do like that those just long adventures without pressure being chased or chase someone obviously when i yeah when i explore my limits they keep increasing the distance i did 125k i want to see what's what's going to be with me 100 miles and maybe a couple of years ago i would think that uh, it's impossible to run 100 miles but now it just seems <laughs> like so doable you know and now that there is races there's 200 mile races out in states there's 240 right mile races so 
those are extremely expensive races though but <laughs> uh, we'll see maybe that would be that would be really nice to make it uh, kind of a uh, hobby that finds some uh, sponsor that would uh, basically help you out with that actually my employer would pay for my race on the Vancouver Island so that... are you doing the elk elk um no Finlayson arm oh okay got it yeah that one is pretty interesting there's twenty thousand feet of gain and uh another interesting thing you run it uh overnight so you start 5 p.m oh that's a new one then since oh, i left relatively new looking forward to it wow yeah. well i really want to highlight here what you said at the very, very beginning, it wasn't a long list of events. Your goals for the next five years are to stay playful. That's correct. And for longevity and to enjoy it. And I want you to remember that. And if you have to go back and listen to this podcast two and three years from now, when you're starting to, to maybe feel a little bit of pressure or feel like it's not becoming so fun anymore, just yeah. remember that that's the goal right? Is to keep the joy. That's correct. Goal. And another thing, you got to stay injury free. That's so important because I know so many people who are injured now and they just can't run and can't enjoy. So yeah, remain playful, remain injury free and just keep enjoying this uh, wonderful sports that is drawing so many people and getting together so many people. And even if I, at some point, I, I, I stop, say, running myself, I just want to remain in that community of ultra runners, either volunteer or do something just because I, I find the ultra running community is one of the best ones, mm. community you can find. It's the most forgiving, the most supportive community. I don't know a single conflict in the ultra running community. You, you can hear about people fighting in all different sports, but have you ever heard about the conflict in ultra running community? Never, ever. Mm-hmm. You, know, you can be fast like a lightning, you can be slow like a snail, everyone respects you, everyone loves what you're doing, everyone supports you because you're there not to compete with someone else, you compete with yourself, right? Yeah. You're there to be better today than you were yesterday. And that is just so amazing. This is just mm. so inspiring. I think that that's true for sure. But I also think it's not just the ultra running community. Last, last night, we actually talked with, with a guest who was talking about the exact same thing in the half marathon community and in the 10 K community, you know, runners are just cool kids. Yeah. That's, all I <laughs> yeah. that's true. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> so we've been talking kind of on that high, high level for a bit, but I thought like, since you mentioned before that you know, you move into a new distance, there's a learning curve, right? With each new, new race distance that you tackle. I thought we could sort of come down to the brass tacks here, the nuts and bolts and, and talk a little bit about how you approach some of these distances, like personally, cause I don't do them. Like I, I wouldn't know the first thing about how you begin to fuel for these races or prepare mentally, or like, how do you kind of set yourself up for success, especially when you move kind of into foreign territory and self-supported the whole time with no aid stations. 
hey, I had a wonderful aid station halfway through. Oh, okay. Without well, it, Ontario <laughs> wouldn't be possible. <laughs> but you supplied the entire aid station, and all we did was deliver it. So... Hey, but still, you know, <laughs> yeah, and that's half of the success, to be honest, because uh, it wouldn't happen, right? Like, we wouldn't be able to turn around and just keep moving. If I didn't uh, have those... Uh, calories there and your just mental support and those tunes and your rocking souls uh, it wouldn't be possible you know as well as all those people that i ran into they were just so amazing you know when when i was just the second i was down and i ran into familiar faces and they're just smiling supportive oh that's a charge for the next five miles for me you know it was a virtual party in the forest on summer solstice night that weekend it was crazy (laughs) but okay like i really i want you to like i'm gonna take you back to what carol initially asked you because i actually really want to know you want to know all my secrets i want to know about your buckwheat and i want to know about all the things that you eat and like how do you manage to stay so buoyant energetically for the time that you do so what are your Uh, secrets yes i can't tell you all my secrets no i'm just kidding (laughs) (laughs) because then you're gonna be as fast as me no i'm just kidding never just bugging uh there's no no secret to be honest uh tim and carolyn again going back to the book um born to run uh, i actually it was a long time ago when i read it read it and i explored more about the raramuri and tarawara tribe i know those runner uh, running people from copper canyon and i actually looked into their lifestyle and see why they are so amazing runners that they can run with pretty much no food and the secret is that there is no secret. They are just eating plain food. The plainest food, the better, the more powerful energy, the more energy you get, the more, the least processed food, the better you can perform. That reinforced when I read the book of Scott Jurek, Eden Run. My two favorite running books you've just mentioned. <laughs> yeah, so that I, I actually tried to go vegan, didn't work for me. I'm not a squad jerk. It's, <laughs> it's a different story. But anyways, yeah, I just uh, tried to eat simple. I noticed that the Ukrainian nation is eating very close to what Raramuri or Taromaris, whatever you pronounce that, uh, their name they eat simple food they just take crops they just soak it or boil it and that's that's the energy that is uh powering them for me it turns out that uh, buckwheat that's the that's the normal regular food that we would eat back home at least twice a week maybe even more often so you take buckwheat you just boil it and you eat it and you know that's uh, that's the one of the cheapest crops and it's delicious if you make it the right way and I grew up on it so for me it's a regular food I know every time I tell someone everyone is laughing at me like what are you eating like this is just so weird and when we were doing that run in the morning I would just make a lot of buckwheat and just load it (laughs) myself with it but if you actually look into it it's it's a nutrient powerhouse there's carbs there's fats there's proteins there is everything there I'm not a scientist but it is a very powerful foods and another foods is corn porridge too it's natural it's not processed and uh yeah my all my uh, energy bars uh, my food on the run is energy bars made of buckwheat 
and I do throw in a little bit of fats in form of uh, sunflower seed and, and seeds and pumpkin seeds. And I'm trying to not use any supplements. And the only thing, the processed food that I use is uh, gels sometimes. Uh, but I'm also in the process kind of developing my own gel so that mm. uh, I could stay away from it and be kind of more sustainable with those wraps and stuff. Uh, but yeah, I know that gels are ha- helping. You, you do need carbs. I still run carbs. I'm trying to run fats and all that stuff, but I have to throw in a bit of carbs into mm-hmm. myself. To well, of kind course of you do. Them. Yeah. But what I'm hearing is you're eating predominantly real food and you're just kind Correct. of supplementing yeah. with don't get the me gels. wrong I, like I, i'm not uh, starving myself or it's uh, i'm not kind of sticking to a strict diet on and off i would have a burger or pizza for instance uh, mm-hmm. but most of the time I'll, i would cook home and that's actually a constant battle between me and my girlfriend she's a canadian who loves to eat out most of the time <laughs> uh, and i'm kind of overly ukrainian who likes to eat in so yeah. we're kind of balancing each other out a bit uh, so have you ever bonked in a race then you, you you that wasn't part of the learning curve of how to get the calories in and train so your gut half marathon mile eight carolyn oh yeah <laughs> we keep coming back to mile eight man. so That's you've funny. only bonked in a quote short race <laughs> That's correct. Yeah, that that was uh, the worst. That was the only bunk that I had. Wow. And other than that, no, I that I learned okay. less and I, I looked into it. I, I read a lot about it and uh, I realized that, OK, you got to eat. And especially when you go long, you have to eat. Yeah, yeah. That was probably a very worthwhile lesson to learn in a half marathon five years ago. Yeah, yeah. See, it's um, well, they say that. Um, uh, it's said actually in that Born to Run book that uh, ultra running is the nutrition contest with scenery yep. thrown in, right? <laughs> yeah. So I it's forgot about basic... that. <laughs> it's good. Yes, it's so true. Right? And this is so true because uh, I, I still think that nutrition is, well, mental part is first, obviously, but second part would be your nutrition and only third part would be your physical preparedness for the race. Like, yes. you don't... If you can nail at least two of those, so better nail nutrition and nail the mental part, you can be a little bit undertrained, yet you gotta complete that race. And if you wanna keep going and enjoy the ride, you gotta make sure you fuel yourself with mm-hmm. the good with 100%. the good hundred percent. I've yeah. so often said, and I've discovered that myself, the body can go ridiculously long as long as the mind tells it to and as long as you fuel it. Yeah. If either of those things fall apart, it doesn't matter how fit you are. It doesn't matter how That's strong correct. you are. That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. And and unfortunately, there is no uh, perfect or ideal book for nutrition for ultra runners because mm-hmm. everybody is so different. This yeah, is so individual, right? Yeah. Like, say you look at Courtney DeWolder, she's running on freaking candies Candy. and chocolates. I'm like, seriously, I can't. Like, I, I can't run on that. And then you see Gary Robbins runs on freaking burgers. <laughs> like, seriously? <laughs> and ice cream. Yeah. Yes. So it's kind of interesting. You got to find that thing, that food that works for you, and you just stick to it, basically. And I found mine, and I didn't have to look for it for too long. You know, mm-hmm. you know it's just something that I've been eating as a child. So, yeah. yeah. Oh. Stick with what you know. Absolutely. 
Okay, Eeyore, before we wrap it up here this evening and get to our rapid fire questions, which I know you can't wait to get to, I have one final question for you. If you could put anything on a billboard on the side of a highway for everybody to see, what would you want the world to know? Oh, gosh, that's that's a tough question, eh? Um, I don't know. I would keep it simple. I would put uh, something cheesy like run more, worry less, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Love it. I think that's, that's great. great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. Carolyn, why don't you take us into the rapid fire? All right. First rapid fire question. Do you have a favorite mantra? Uh, you know what? That, that's my favorite mantra. The, the, the one I put on the billboard. All right. <laughs> I like it. What is your favorite place to run? Uh, trail. Any trail. You know, either it's a trail somewhere in uh, Manitoba prairies or maybe high in the mountains. But as long as there is a trail there, uh, that's my favorite place to be. And you're going to discover a lot more trails, I have a feeling. In the... Yeah, they say that the lifetime won't be enough to uh, yeah. explore, to be on every single trail in Chilliwag. But I'm going to challenge that state. Wow, so. isn't that amazing? <laughs> what a great place to live. It is. All right. Do you have a race on your bucket list? Yes, I actually do. Uh, since I'm in BC here, I, I just want to try to get into the uh, Fat Dog uh, Ultra. It's a, right here in Manning Park, which is like one, one and a half hour drive. So it would be really great to do that race in the, right in the backyard. Uh, they they do require qualifying, well, at least 100K uh mountain race so which which is the one that i'm going to do in september so hopefully if there is room i would love to get into it i feel like it's the toughest one toughest race in canada i don't think there's anything longer or or steeper and but it is beautiful i've done 70 miles on that course and oh, have you? yes yeah i'll have to send you my race report but ihor um i was supposed to be rapid fire but i've never seen walking zombies like I have on that course with 120 milers. Perfect. I want to be one of them. (laughs) You know, but if there's anything that's going to keep you awake, it's the stunning beauty that is Manning Park. So yeah, good choice. Love it. That's the one here. And uh, hopefully I'm interested in, uh, in those uh, really tough ones in States uh, like hard rock or Leadville. Mm -hmm. Those are definitely on my, uh, top three for sure uh, it's hard to get in you need a lottery and all that stuff so it's probably not going to happen very soon um yeah but those are on my top three probably yeah awesome so are you much of a reader or a movie buff do you have a favorite well you actually you did mention that you have read a few running books what is your favorite probably uh, born to run christopher yeah. mcdougall is my favorite because that's the one that uh basically told me that, hey, there is uh, people out there that are going far, going long, and uh, they take suffering as a lifestyle pretty much and make uh, make it uh, sound and look really easy. Uh, so that's one of my favorite ones for sure. I, I did read quite a few of those and it's hard to make the, the list. I like the Scott Jurors book. I like the, even the last one that I, I don't even, uh, last books I don't read, I mostly listen to them because you spend time in, <laughs> out there yeah. running, right? So it's a nice combination of uh, basically listening and running. Uh, so one of the last ones that I like was uh, Can't Hurt of David Goggins, who is okay. uh, 
Yeah. Who I don't really like everything he says,、uh, but some things are pretty interesting and they help you to develop your mental stamina for sure. But as far as movies,、uh, my favorite is、uh, about、uh, Gary Robbins, where dreams grow to die. That's、yeah. the one that I was just shivering at the end. I was literally、yeah. crying, and at the end, you know, it's with him laying in a mud puddle. That's right. It's <laughs>、oh, just by a little bit, and it's just so heartbreaking. It's just like it's Ultra Runner's Hatiko. I don't know if you watched Hatiko. About the dog that okay yes so I cried so badly after that movie though this is the same way like an ultra running stuff where your、yeah. heart just is shattered into pieces and and yeah after that I actually you you start loving the sport and and you see him keep going back and back and back and that、yeah. basically motivates you and yeah. yeah so that's 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 the movie that I really love for sure awesome. Okay, last question. Do you have a favorite post-run indulgence? I do.、Uh, actually, I like chocolate milk.、Um, I'm trying to stay away from supplements. So, like, I, at some point, I try to do some protein or those post-recovery, but I try to keep it all simple. Just basically get all those recovery nutrients from、uh, regular foods.、Mm-hmm. Uh, so, chocolate milk is the one I、uh, I love, and another one is a.、Uh, Alcohol-free beer, like I love beer, and、uh, I but alcohol is a toxin that is going against recovery. So once you eliminate that toxin, you take alcohol part away, and that is such a first. I like the taste, and second, it, it's a good recovery drink for you. So those are my indulgences. I I'm not a huge.、Um, I, I do like sweet stuff, but、uh, I, I can chug in the whole freaking box of、uh, chocolate milk after my every single run, <laughs> and,、uh, and 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 you know flush it down with beer, which is a weird, <laughs> weird mix, but you know it works for me and that keeps me happy. So, <laughs> well, whatever you're doing is definitely working for you. So,、um, well done, Ihor, and it was very much a pleasure to talk to you tonight on the podcast, and I'll be anxiously watching over the next few years to. See what、uh, what awesomeness you can manage to lay down on those trails out west. Thank you, Kim. Thank you, Carolyn. I really appreciate、uh, that you invited me, and、uh, appreciate you having me on your podcast. It's it's a great honor. And again, too much pressure for me now. I don't have、uh, you know right to make a mistake now. <laughs>、uh- <laughs> oh, you're human. Well, the pleasure was all ours. <laughs> <laughs>